On this episode of Sports and More, no prizes for guessing what I'm going to talk about. Wouldn't you love to see one of these NFL owners, when somebody disrespects our flag, to say, get that son of a bitch off the field right now, out, he's fired. He's fired! Probably should have warned you or bleeped that out or something, but yes, I'm talking about the national anthem, I'm talking about President Trump, I'm talking about disrespect, Find out where I stand, or kneel, or whatever, on the issue. I'll follow that up with something a little bit easier to digest, protective netting at Major League Baseball games. I tell you why you should be all in on this, and that if you aren't, you're fired. I hate myself for making that joke. Let's just start the episode. Sports and More, Episode 5. John Thomas with you, thanking you for joining me on what would be probably a Thursday when you're listening to this podcast. This two-a-week thing really has not worked out in the way in which I thought it would. Uh, Part of that, though, is because of all that has happened in the NFL. I don't even need to explain it to you. Uh, Protests, National Anthem protest, Black Lives Matter protest, whatever you want to call the protests. Uh, in the NFL. It's been happening, and people have been offering all of the opinions on it. I'm kind of holding my head in my hands uh, because I have almost driven myself crazy trying to cover every aspect of this because I really want this to be a nice, holistic, open viewpoint here that isn't just necessarily me taking sides or me yelling at you but more about analysis, because that's kind of what I want this podcast to be. There will be some opinion in here, obviously. I don't think you can really get into this subject uh, in such a manner as I'm about to without offering some opinion, Um, but it may not be as strong as you would think, so I hope you will stick with me regardless of what your opinion is on the subject. Uh, And if I start to get a little too opinionated, you know, you have the the right to certainly turn me off. But thank you for listening and being willing to embrace uh, my discussion on the subject. I lead off that discussion by saying it is absolutely impossible to cover every aspect of this. My gosh, please do not expect me to do so. I've heard about the paid patriotism in the Department of Defense. I know players weren't standing on the sideline before 2009. I've heard that. If you haven't heard that, look it up. I'm not, t- I'm not covering it. I know about Alejandro Villanueva, the former Army Ranger, defying the Steelers' wishes and standing outside the tunnel for the anthem. Good for him, exercising his right for free speech. I support him in that, and he's exercising that right. But I'm not talking about that either. I know Colin Kaepernick is not a saint. I know Colin Kaepernick has worn shirts in support of Fidel Castro. Castro. Obviously, I do not support Fidel Castro, and it doesn't really make any sense to be wearing that shirt, in my opinion. I know about all of that. I'm really not going to talk much about Colin Kaepernick in this episode. I've heard the arguments that the players really cared they should give money somewhere to something. Number one, I'm sure some of them have. I know Kaepernick has, imperfect as he may be. And number two, I know they make more money than most of the rest of us, but if protests and raising awareness was purely about giving money, then why bother wearing pink during October during Breast Cancer Awareness Month? So, I just covered five issues on this in about two minutes that I could easily delve into and make an entire podcast about. 
So this one may go a little bit longer than others, but I am trying to give this its due. And like I said, I'm trying to cover as many aspects of this as I can because this is something that I didn't immediately have a stark opinion on. This is something that I've really been trying to gather information about, listen to a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of opinions, and really trying to do research. I know that's the running joke on this podcast. It's about the only running joke I have at this point, but I really have tried to get my uh, own personal team of researchers, a.k.a. me, on this. So, let's begin, shall we? We're going to start with the easy parts of this situation. Number one. The president calling anyone a son of a B-I-T-C-H. It's not like he said it as an exclamation. It's not like he said, ah, son of a gun, you know, when he stubbed his toe. People do that with curse words, as I'm sure you know. I try not to. I don't for the most part. Occasionally, I'm sure one slips. But that sort of thing doesn't bother me as much. What really bothers me is when curse words are directed at someone. Say you're cussing someone out. And in this case, clearly, son of a B-I-T-C-H was directed at a certain group of people. We'll get more into that group of people a little bit later and why it's so significant that Trump has used this sort of language. In fact, we're going to get into it now. Because again, the president calling anyone an SOB really isn't okay. But the president calling NFL players an SOB for kneeling while saying there were, quote, good people on both sides in Charlottesville. I'm not okay, again, with the president calling anyone an SOB, but if you must use that term, it might be a better use of it to direct it to at what's basically the KKK. If you haven't seen pictures of the rally, if you haven't really heard about the rally, it's basically the KKK. They're holding torches in a night meeting that's a march, and they're without hoods, which is honestly even scarier. Another thing that isn't okay, and this is all focused at Donald Trump on this point, but I promise we'll shift away from him, the president trying to influence business. We talked about this on the last episode. This is the second time it's happened recently. I talked about this with Jamel Hill. His press secretary called her tweets about him regarding ESPN a fireable offense. Now he wants more people fired, to use his lovely vernacular. That's a cute little callback to his days on The Apprentice. Ha ha, very funny. Mr. President, stop telling businesses what to do. You know who's not supposed to like government involvement in private affairs? Typically, that's a conservative point of view. But because it's this particular situation, a lot of conservatives, or some, I don't know if I'd say a lot, some conservatives say this is a good thing. But the president is pressuring a business to fire people for doing something that's completely legal, whether you agree with it or not. What is happening here appears to be a legal expression of freedom of speech, uh, and it's not okay for the president to be saying these guys should be fired for this and trying to tell a business, which is what the NFL and what these teams are, to do. Another easy part of the issue is people telling these guys to simply play sports or just to do their job. That feels wrong to me. Just just because these guys, and I'm hearing this a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Just because these guys make a lot of money doesn't make them stupid, doesn't make them entitled. Some of them, sure, uh, but there's plenty of people in everyday life, rich, poor, black, white, green, brown, blue, yellow, purple, whatever, who aren't very smart or who act entitled. You get that everywhere. That's not exclusive to the NFL or the NBA or Major League Baseball or whatever. These guys just happen to be making a lot of money, but that's because of something that a lot of people here in America like, the free market. 
capitalism. That's their market value. We can argue in another podcast whether that's ridiculously high or not, but that's the way it is. Does it change some of them and their political views? Sure. But does it make them somehow unqualified to express political opinions? I don't believe so. So many of these critics and so much of this comes down to players making a lot of money. The players can't really help how much money they're making. Why does that play a role here? These guys work just like you do. They play a dangerous game, as has been well documented recently and pointed out by plenty of people. What about them making a lot of money is an issue here? And it kind of sounds like jealousy to me, which, I mean, come on, who wouldn't be jealous of a professional athlete? I mean, I'm certainly sure I have some sort of jealousy directed at professional athletes. But to say that they aren't qualified to express their opinions, I'll address the other side of this. I know he already can hear some dispute against this point. I'll address that side in just a moment. What makes any of us, though, qualified to express an opinion? What makes me qualified or my neighbor or even the so-called political analyst you'll see on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or whatever you choose to watch on television? We can all think critically. Athletes, too. I, frankly, like sports a lot, and I'm interested in hearing what these guys have to say. I might disagree with what they have to say, but I like hearing what people have to say in general. I like, and like I said, I try to gather a lot of evidence before I before I come up with my own opinion. I like hearing the opinions of others, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think necessarily having your one super perfect own opinion is a bad is a good or a bad thing. I think that being able to pull from different people's opinions and saying, hmm, I like what they're saying on that. I think I'll employ that in my own opinion or saying, you know, I don't like these three parts of what they're talking about. I think that's just part of critical thinking. And maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think that's part of critical thinking. And generally, I like to listen. I like think I might learn something. I like free speech a lot. Um, now, should we give more weight to what athletes say because they're athletes? No, certainly not because of who they are. We shouldn't necessarily, we shouldn't give, shouldn't not, not shouldn't necessarily, we shouldn't give them a larger than they already have platform. So, yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of people are saying, well, these athletes have an elevated status already. Don't feed into that. Fair enough. I mean, you know, we don't want to give more weight than is necessary to what these athletes are saying. But as a sports fan, I'm interested. I like hearing a lot of people's thoughts on the issue. It's why, like I said, I don't release these podcasts immediately. I would have liked to have released this on Monday, but a key thing happened Monday night during the Cowboys and Cardinals game, which is why I'm glad I didn't. I don't know exactly how I feel about everything all the time. Some people maybe would say I lack conviction. I like to think I'm gathering information first, and I think it's an important part of free speech because free speech doesn't do a whole lot of good if you don't listen. People really like to say they like free speech, but most only like it when it's speech they agree with. And free speech, while it is valuable and it is a right here in this country, a lot of people are saying, all right, yeah, sure, you have free speech, and then proceeding to go on and make their point without listening to anyone else. And you have the right to do that. You absolutely do. I just think it kind of defeats the purpose of free speech to not listen to speech that you may or may not agree with. I think those are the easier parts of the situation. Now we get to some of the stickier parts. This is still on free speech because the NFL kind of sucks at handling free speech. People have been citing this a lot uh, in this situation. But players are never allowed to wear different cleats, even in support of military or around 9-11, which is generally considered a good thing to do. And I agree it is a good thing to do. Dallas, the Cowboys weren't able to put decals on their helmets after shooting of police officers in the city. 
they should be able to do that. The NFL is way too strict about these sort of things. I've been saying this for a while. They're finally starting to cut loose just a little bit on the celebrations, but they do a terrible job with allowing guys to wear equipment. I know uh, D'Angelo Williams was a very popular case of this. He wanted to wear a particular cleat to honor his either his mother or his grandmother. I can't remember which. I uh, did a lot of research, didn't do the research on that one. Uh, to get the exact person of who this was, but wanted to wear some pink things outside of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and he ended up just getting fined every game for wearing those things. So, yeah, the NFL is really bad about handling free speech. And to turn the other cheek to this and say, you know, we're not going to address this in any way, address this speech, this issue of free speech, feels a little bit hypocritical. I understand people have been citing this, and I, I buy that. Now look, these guys should be able to kneel, in my opinion. I think it's an expression of free speech. But others should get that same freedom. The problem is I'm not sure how you restrict it in any way. I don't know, because right now, keeping these players from expressing themselves on equipment is what's called content-neutral regulations. Now we're going to get into a bit of First Amendment law here. This is going back to my one media law class, so I'm basically an expert. Speech that is banned based on a location or a method of expression is what's called content neutral. That's generally considered okay under the First Amendment. So if you say, as long as you're not restricting the type of speech that the person is saying or restricting the sort of opinion you can offer, you can say, for an example, on maybe a college campus, you can designate an area saying, here is a free speech area. People can say whatever they want here, but you can't demonstrate outside of, say, this area. So in the NFL case, the NFL is saying, you can say what you want, but you can't demonstrate in the area of equipment. So that is fair, as long as all speech is restricted. The problem is when you come in with content based restrictions. So that's saying you can speak in this way, you can speak in support of this issue, but not this issue. Those are generally unconstitutional. The problem with this is that you know plenty of guys would use equipment for stuff like promoting first responders, honoring America, which is good, but you'd also have, I don't know, Cam Newton or Josh Norman or who knows who, or Travis Kelsey, he's a pretty uh, flamboyant guy for the Chiefs, wearing cleats with feathers on them. I'm pretty sure Cam has actually worn those uh, before a game. So I don't think kneeling during the anthem falls under that blanket of the uniform expression because it's not on a uniform, but it might. It's just something to think about. I know that's kind of delving a little bit into First Amendment law, but that stuff interests me. Uh, The NFL does get a lot of things wrong, believe me. And so for those of you saying the NFL is not allowing all types of speech, I'm kind of with you on that. Another thing a lot of people are saying is that this isn't about race. Now we're getting into the real sticky stuff. People saying this isn't about race. But I'm pretty sure that's what most of these protests are at least supposed to be about. Whether they are is another story for some people, but that's what these protests are started as and are supposed to be about. Racial injustice, inequality, police brutality. That's what these protests started as and started as being about and I think they're still about. And these things do exist. There is racial imbalance in this country. I would love to delve into that, but I'm trying to keep these podcasts from being ridiculously long, and I think that would really get into the weeds. And there are plenty of statistics, and you can bend statistics any way you want. But I believe these things do exist in this country. I believe racial imbalance and racial inequality or inequality based on race exists. 
Uh, well, one one aside about this though, I see some people criticizing others for standing or kneeling for their decision, particularly based on race. I know some African American. Uh, athletes, and again, we'll focus more on the African-American aspect of this here in just a moment, but some African-American athletes were called things like Uncle Tom for choosing to stand. I don't think by standing in this instance, you are somehow against civil rights. I don't think just because you're kneeling, you're somehow anti-American or anti-military, though some people would disagree with me on that point. But again, this started as a movement about racial injustices. This is about race. A lot of this is about race. You've noticed probably that it's mostly African-American players kneeling. And Trump has called them SOBs after saying there were good people on both sides in Charlottesville. And then he applauded NASCAR for telling people to stand, which has had four black drivers in its entire history. You start doing the math. A lot of things about race start to add up here and they don't particularly add up in Donald Trump's favor. People are also saying it's disrespectful, and hey, I agree with that. I think it is disrespectful to not stand up for the flag and salute the flag, however you choose to do. But again, I think that's the point. Most protests are at least a little bit disrespectful. But let's talk about disrespect. Because I think we've all been disrespectful to the flag in some capacity. This is, this is an interesting point, because people have been reading the NFL rulebook. And the NFL rulebook has a section that says players should stand at attention, face the flag, refrain from talking during the anthem. It also says failure to be on the field by the start of the anthem may result in discipline. That's fine. But what about the American flag code? Because if we're into reading rules, the American flag code says the flag shouldn't be carried horizontally, as is done before every NFL game. And the flag code says the flag shouldn't be worn as part of an article of clothing which I know I've done, and I'm sure plenty of people have done. I also know I've probably turned to a friend and talked during the National Anthem, or maybe checked a tweet or something like that. I'm sure I've done that. I try not to, but I'm sure I have. And so in some form or fashion, I think most of us technically would have disrespected maybe the flag at some point. Now, most may be a strong word, but at least some of us would have disrespected the flag, whether intentionally or unintentionally at some point, and we're just all human. That's going to happen. Is this that big of a deal? No. But if I'm going to quote the NFL rulebook as evidence of why players should stand, I feel obligated to quote the other rulebook about the American flag code as well. So I've done a lot of talking, a lot of laying things out without a lot of opinions being thrown out there, maybe a few. Your question to me, I'm sure, is this. Where do you stand on the issue? Because I am a highly intelligent, highly read, experienced, wise individual at the age of 22, and so I'm sure you are waiting with bated breath to hear my opinion on this. My question to you is this, and my question to myself was this the other night. Why are these protests so different? Why are they getting so much attention? There's plenty of protests. My gosh, I went to UNC Chapel Hill. There's a lot of protesting that happens in Chapel Hill, whether you support it or not. It happens a lot. But there's marches in the streets, some of them a lot less peaceful than taking a knee, a lot more offensive things being yelled, a lot more disruptive and featuring some flag burning maybe, which to me is the ultimate disrespect to the flag. Here's some ways in which I've identified these protests being different. They've invaded sports. If you're a sports fan, you can't really ignore them. Because if you're a sports fan, you're probably a fan of the NFL. And if you're a sports fan, you probably have your TV on ESPN. And 
neither of those have been left untouched by this. The NFL has been rocked by this. ESPN and a lot of sports networks have given a lot of cause to this. You can't ignore them. And they're also being protested, and the protests are being conducted by people with a lot of money. So that poses a different question. I'm going to address this. Are these protests so bad because of the way in which people are protesting or because of who is doing the protesting and what they're protesting? Because these sort of protests aren't that uncommon. They aren't violent, but you can ignore them. Most of these types of protests you can typically ignore. But with these, people typically want players to shut up, make money, and play their games for our entertainment. But here, these protests can't be ignored. We want these players to just be players. Don't be people, be players. Again, I ask, are these protests so bad because of what the players are doing by kneeling or because of who is doing the protesting? Let's look at the Dallas Cowboys. I think this is a great example that gets at the heart of the issue. In their Monday night game against the Arizona Cardinals, they knelt as a team before the national anthem, then stood up during it. But what happened when they knelt? Boos. Loud ones. And lots of criticism that America's team would dare kneel. But they then proceeded to stand up for the anthem. I thought the whole issue here was that players were kneeling during the anthem. Now sure, some people in the stadium may have thought they were going to kneel throughout the anthem. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But if people still don't like what the Cowboys did, why? They didn't kneel during the anthem. They just knelt. Here's that question again. Are people upset because of what the players are doing by kneeling during the anthem or because of who's doing the protesting? I've reiterated this on this podcast. Sports and politics aren't going to be separated whether you like it or not. We like to compartmentalize as humans. It's simpler. My religion goes over there. My leisure goes over here. My work goes here. Politics go here. But that's not how life works. I don't personally want my religious beliefs compartmentalized. Certainly, I want that permeating every single thing I'm doing. Some people want their political views to drive everything. I don't like politics either, but these protests, I think, go deeper than politics. So all I ask of anyone, kneeling or not kneeling, is to listen. If you're kneeling, listen to those who are frustrated by this. Sure, you may think some of it is a load of crap, but there are good points to be made about disrespect or about military service or whatever. And if you're standing, yeah, you're going to think some of the other side is crap too. But there are good points to be made there as well because the things that are being actually being protested aren't the na- isn't the national anthem. It's the racial injustice. It's racial inequality. These are good points. These things exist. Me personally, I absolutely think these guys have the right to kneel. I support those who are kneeling to bring awareness to racial inequality, unfairness, police brutality, etc., But I also really like what the Cowboys did, because I think you can still visibly protest, but if you can find the most respectful way to do it, just from a protester's point of view, if you find the most respectful way to do it, that's going to have your protest fall on more receptive ears. Now, maybe that takes away the point of a protest. I realize, again, the point of a protest might be some disrespect, stepping on some toes. I personally don't do a ton of protesting. I usually watch and listen or report, as was the case in the past couple of years at UNC. I don't know if there's a right side here. I really don't. I've told you what I know. I'm, I'm really, I'm tired of picking sides. I'm tired of picking sides, Republican or Democrat. 
why not just pick someone with whom we agree more, regardless of whether they're a Republican or a Democrat? Just because someone is a Republican or is a Democrat doesn't make them inherently a bad person or inherently evil. I'm tired of trying to pick sides because I think both sides make sense. I want to respect the military, patriotism, the flag. I love these things, but I want to bring awareness to the important real issues of racial inequality, injustice, and police brutality. Maybe some of you are with me on this. I don't know. But what I do know is that we all have the capacity to listen. So wherever you stand or kneel or whatever on this, I just ask for you to listen a little bit. That's all. Because I don't think these two sides are irreconcilable. I know we'll continue to talk about this. If you have your views on this, and I'm guessing you do, judging by my social media, please share them with me. You can email me at sportsandmorepodcast at gmail.com. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Sports and More 4. This is not the end. We do have one more, a bedtime story segment before we go. Uh, but I did want to really reiterate communication on this because, again, I want to listen to you. I'm going to try to practice what I preach here and listen and reflect on what people have to say about this on all sides. Man, I tell you what, I have heard a lot about all of this in the past week and a half. And I personally need a little bit of a break just for at least a day or two before we gear up for what I'm sure will be another uh, potentially protest-heavy NFL weekend. I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I really am. Before we let you go, we do have a bedtime story. We, by we, I mean me. I have a rather important bedtime story for you, but it is a little less, I believe, contentious than what we just talked about. It's time for a bedtime story. I hinted at this at the top of the show, Major League Baseball and protective netting. Now, if you didn't hear, a small young lady, a small girl, was hit by a foul ball at a New York Yankees game, I believe, last week. You see this at games all the time, a ball flying into the stands way too fast, someone has trouble reacting, possibly even a bat flying into the stands and someone not being able to react. This little girl was fortunately not seriously hurt. But you could see what it did to the players on the field. They were clearly distraught by the situation. Many of them after the game and and New York and otherwise reiterated the importance of having netting all the way up the third baseline to protect fans. I completely agree, but some people have pushed back against this. They say it messes up their fan experience, obstructs the view, messes up your chance to get a foul ball, etc. This one, unlike what we've talked about already, is pretty easy. Nothing would mess up your fan experience like you or your small son or daughter getting hit by a foul ball. We've had enough of this. Please, put up nets at every single major league park. It's not worth the risk. Parents, I think you're going to be with me on this. And I've been to a minor league park with netting all the way up the third baseline. Five County Stadium, the home of the Carolina Mudcats and Zebulon outside of Raleigh. It really doesn't obstruct your view that much. I can talk from personal experience. It might look a little weird at first, but... That's really it. And if you're that concerned about catching a foul ball, good luck. Not many people get those in their lifetime. And if you're concerned about not getting autographs from players before the game because of the net, a fairly valid concern, particularly for those with kids, I'm sure teams can construct a retractable net. If they can make a retractable roof, I would like to think they can make a retractable net. But there's really no excuse for this. There's no excuse for people getting hurt unnecessarily, obstructed views, be darned. It's really not that big a deal. It's just a net. It's going to be okay. 
I don't understand why people can't empathize with this one and say to themselves, man, what if that was my child that had gotten hit by the foul ball? That would be terrifying as a parent. I really think that would be terrifying. Baseball games are supposed to be fun, safe. All sports are, but baseball really resonates with that in particular as being a family-friendly event. Let's make it a little more family-friendly, Major League Baseball, by putting up nets all the way down that third baseline to protect fans. I really hope we see that in all Major League parks by the time we get to 2018. That wraps up this action-packed episode of Sports and More. Thank you so much for supporting and listening to the podcast, those of you that do. You can subscribe on iTunes at always. Give it a subscribe or a like on SoundCloud. You can listen there. Facebook page, Sports and More Podcast. You can search that. I'll post every episode there. Twitter, Sports and More 4 on Twitter. I'll be putting out polls. Really looking for feedback on this episode in particular because it is so contentious. I really would love your feedback. You can also send me an email with questions, comments, feedback, concerns, gripes, or grumbles at sportsandmorepodcast at gmail.com. I'm John Thomas quoting the great Yogi Berra as I tell you when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Have a great day.